0: Hello and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I we are going to be talking about the longevity and, and the real hard work that goes into building a sustainable, great personal brand that actually has an ROI. There is no easy button. There's no get-rich-quick scheme. There's no magic that's going to make it happen. You actually have to put in the work, and you actually have to be what you say you are. So, we're really going to dig into that today. I hope you enjoy this episode. On today's episode, I am excited to be joined by Liz Haar. Liz is an accomplished entrepreneur and executive who leads the business development team at Hinge. She began her career by co-founding a tech firm and today Liz brings over two decades of experience in strategic planning, brand management, and communication to Hinge's audiences. Uh, A visible expert in the professional space, she regularly writes articles, conducts webinars, and speaks at professional service events Around the nation, Liz. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to have the conversation.
0: Yeah, well, you know it's it's always fun to have to talk to people that are that you know know this space because uh, there's a there's a lot to kind of bat around about this. So let's let's kind of talk about. It. So you have this phrase this phrase a, visi- a visible
1: expert. So what what exactly is a visible expert? Yeah. So I'll approach that from a couple different directions. I mean, one is just the straight up definition. So a visible expert has two attributes. One is they are visible for a certain expertise in their marketplace. So Mm -hmm. it's in their target audience. And the other attribute is they have a reputation for a specific you know, a specialized expertise. So in other words, you can't just be visible. That doesn't count and not have a, a reputation for something, nor can you just have a reputation and have that count because that reputation needs to be visible. So a visible expert is in fact a professional that has a high level of marketplace visibility and a reputation for specialized expertise. And so with that in mind, if you think about it, like these are the people who get the keynote uh, slots. At uh, They don't have like the last half hour on um, Friday evening at a five-day mm-hmm. conference. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that get quoted in top publications where their audience is reading. Uh, so these are the ones that are, these are the professionals who are visible in the marketplace that they serve. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and cause I, I, I feel like sometimes people will have this idea of like, okay, I do this thing as my day job, but I want to be known for this. So say, I don't know, uh, you're in tech or something. And then all of a sudden, but you want to be known for like women's leadership. And if you think of like women's leadership, there's like a, you know, like a handful of women that you know, kick ass and take names. Right. And yeah. so you kind of, yeah. like, you're these visible experts. So what is, what advice would you give for somebody that like necessarily doesn't have that, that kind of like that expertise and all that sort of stuff that you were talking about? What do you think, what do you think it takes to get from this area here of, well, I know some leadership thing, it's not really what I do, but I want to be there. What, what's your advice for that?
1: Yeah. So I love that question because I think a mistake that a lot of people make is they they're like what am I passionate about and I'm going to do that. And that's great. Like you can. But you have to have you have to steady your your aspirations around that, right? So um if you have aspirations to be known for something that you aren't yet. What I would do is uh first and foremost just be realistic about what do you mean by you want to be known for this? Do you want to be like a global household name, or do you just want to be known in like a little micro community? So setting that expectation is important because depending on where you want to be, you're going to carve a different path forward and you're going to be, have a different, you know, rate of acceleration. Um, And another thing I would do is, is study the audience that you want to take that expertise to. So if you want to be known, uh, at, you know, for some dimension of women's leadership, well, what is it specifically? Cause that's very broad. Mm-hmm. And so what specifically thinking about the intersection of who you want to be visible to and what's important to you, like what's passionate, what are you passionate about? That intersection is a really good indicator of like, okay, within women's leadership, what am I actually going to be known for? Like what specifically And then the third thing I would do is once you figure that out, make sure it's differentiated. Like if 50 other women own that space and you're not in it yet, that's a tough hill to climb. So maybe go after something else, but studying the landscape, what other experts are already there? Is it owned? Does it have a long shelf life? Is it something relevant to your audience? Like that's very, very important to consider. So those are the things I would do, uh, you know. If I were to wake up one day and say, "Hey, I'm not doing what I'm passionate about, and I want to mm-hmm. get there."
0: Yeah, well, because I think that's like one of the biggest things is that people think they they think about using their personal brand to get to where to to get to this thing way over here instead of saying, "Okay, what am I today?" And lean into that, and maybe go. You can kind of create a path to get to this, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's for me. I think that's like one of the things um, that people definitely need to to kind of look at, especially in, like you said, really look at these these spaces and see how crowded they are. And are you really going to knock someone off their pedestal that's making millions of dollars in keynote mm. speaking and books? And, yeah, uh, that's a really figure out your specific things. I think that that is one of the things that a lot of people fall into that trap
1: of that looks really cool. I want to do that (laughs) when they don't have any experience. You are are so right. Um, You're so right. And if I had, like, you're just listening to, you're making me think if I had to say one thing, I would say, figure out how you are relevant, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you want to do and what you love, and what you're passionate about. Like, it's great, but just don't have expectations of being super visible or super impactful without figuring out first, is this thing that i so aspire to be known for is it actually relevant to the people i want to be visible to and mm-hmm. that's really the key like you and and there are specific ways to figure that out but that's that's really what you have to keep in mind mhm i think that
0: that's kind of like one of the things that, that people don't yeah i th- i think that people don't think about they just think about like what <laughs> well i that's what i want and you know make magic happen to get there and you're like well, <laughs> yeah you can always make magic happen with a with a bunch of ads but um yeah the, the i feel so what is your thought of like authenticity because we're kind of talking about that too if you want this thing maybe the people that are in the space are authentically that and if you not are not especially this day and a there, at this moment you aren't authentically this thing that you want to be women oh, a leader in, in the women's uh leadership space like yeah, yeah what is your feeling on that
1: I love that word. I think it's like a major driver of what professionals need to do when they're thinking about their personal brand as a visible expert. Because if you think about it, you know, anyone can say like, Hey, I'm this and look at me. I've got all these shiny rocks around me Mm. and isn't it great. And like, that's fluffy and doesn't matter. And it just contributes to the noise. And that's a very noisy crowded marketplace, right? Yes. So authenticity is the thing that differentiates why? Because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to authentically lay a stake in the ground around a certain type of expertise, because in order to do that, you have to uh, be regularly producing proof Mm -hmm. that you're an expert in that. And that's why things like blogs work so well. It isn't like, Everybody blogs, so you should blog too and like get on the blog bandwagon. It's not that. It's that in order to produce valuable content, thought leadership that people find interesting, find helpful, find informative, it has to be unique and authentic. And so Mm -hmm. to be like bringing this full circle, to be a visible expert, you really have to have that authenticity in your game. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I think you're just, you know jack-of-all-trades contributing to the noise out there
0: yeah uh, that, that is something I, my co-founder uh, always discussed about like you have to rise above the noise there's a lot of noise yeah. out there there's a lot of kind of posers fakers people that are like i mean you know 2020 happened and everyone is like ah i have to be online now oh what am i an expert in oh and <laughs> so there's a lot of people that that may have started out going like i'm an expert in this and um and they're not here in the space anymore. They're not in the space anymore because it didn't work because they were faking it. And the ones that actually, you know, have kind of put in the work are the ones that are still around. And I think that's ultimately the, the one thing that kind of what we're talking about where I wanted to make this stretch to be something I'm currently not. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a stretch. And the ones that are going to be there for the long term are the ones that are putting in the work. And if you really want to get there, then you need to put in the work to get to that space. Because if you can't authentically talk about, you know, and share your expertise on that from a place of full knowledge and authority, why is anyone going to believe you over someone else?
1: That's right. And it makes it really hard to do the other thing that's required to get from here to there. And that is stick to it. Like, this is Mm -hmm. not a one and done game at all. And so, you know, like the the one hit wonders that you hear about uh, all the time, like, you can't do that. And Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to claim your specialization, craft a plan to make that specialization visible. And then you have to go after it and you have to be disciplined like every day and every week and every month. And it's not grinding by the way. Like if, if you truly have expertise in this space, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like Wow, I'm so I get to do this. Like I am privileged enough that I this is so natural for me and um and it, so it's time consuming, but it's not mm. grinding, right? And yeah. Uh, but you got to stick to it and that that's probably one of the biggest places where I think people who want to build brands as visible experts fail is they're just like, ugh, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. um, at, you know, Work. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's where I think the people that, that succeed
0: and do it the best and um will actually see the you know, the compounding effect is what I like to call it of your personal brand are the ones that that literally do want to help people. If you if you don't have that, I, I think that you're just gonna yeah, it'll you'll get frustrated. The 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 cracks will start to show of you not being authentic.
1: What are you? That? Yeah. That, so I love how you just said that because uh, it, it is about helping people, right? And yeah. helping people doesn't need to mean anything more than educating them. That's helping, mm-hmm. educating them, helping them learn a better way to do something, a better way to make decisions, a more efficient way to grow their own companies, whatever it is. You are helping them. And so if your brand is all about you, it's gonna fail fast. Yes. The your personal brand needs to be about your audience. That's why that relevancy that I talked about earlier is so important. That's why authenticity is so important. Mm-hmm. If it's about you, goodbye, you're gonna have to <laughs> <you> know, find <laughs> find another day job.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree because yeah, it's it's yeah, I always say that your personal brand is not for you. It's for your audience. And if you're you're falling short on that, um, that is, yeah, people are gonna see that. Well, so let what have you done with your personal brand? Like you've had like, you know, many different jobs that you, you started a tech firm and now you, um, you know, so t- tell me about kind of your journey and what kind of how it's led you to this space today, um, and how personal yeah. branding is kind of layered in there.
1: Yeah. I mean, my journey is widely varied. So, uh, you know, anybody who's listening to this shouldn't worry, like you don't, to be a visible expert, you don't have to have done the one thing from day one and you do that forever and ever and ever. Like, in in fact, I think variation is a great thing that helps experts because you're not so unidimensional. You're like, you've covered ground and you can really relate on a lot of levels. So like um, really nothing in my formal academic or professional career has anything to do with marketing but I'm a partner at a marketing and branding agency for professional services. And the reason it aligns so well with my past is because my past was living in Japan, speaking Japanese and living in a village where they never had any Westerners before. And I thought my whole life was going to be about bilateral communications. And what's marketing it's communicating. It's communicating things that people don't automatically get. And, and you're doing it in a way that brings value. So uh, in a way, the stuff that I did out of grad school, where you think you're never going to use that again, is actually really tied to what I'm doing today. And so as I, um, as I've carved my path to visible expertise, I've really leveraged the past, even though it doesn't seem like it has anything to do with marketing. Mm-hmm. And um I think that because I work on a daily basis with leaders and CEOs and founders and principals and partners, they also like knowing that I'm not uh gonna bring out a marketing 101 book and you know, start giving the standard spiel. I'm mm-hmm. speaking from experience. I'm speaking mm-hmm. from having started a firm myself. I'm speaking from the perspective of watching every single penny and make mm-hmm. and holding it accountable for uh performance. And so those are the experiences that allow me to bring authenticity to the table when I'm speaking with a leader. Whereas if I had carved just like the super traditional path and very expected, and you know, I didn't really have those experiences. I don't know that I would be that credible to the mm-hmm. leaders that I'm helping uh, grow their own companies.
0: Yeah. No, I, I could do, do you see. It? I definitely have a traditional marketing background um fortune 500s in new york but uh yeah i'm former actress i mean you have to market yourself so i've been marketing myself the entire time but so i having that formal background for me was great and i've i've it's it's led me to where i am today um so I, i i think it's just it's every single person is different i think that that's another thing too as so well, a lot of times there are, there is space for everybody in a market the the ones that truly are there and are actually really good at it are authentic, uh, have the authority, have, you know, can influence people. Those are the ones that will stay. And the ones that, you know, yeah. are like, that's cool. And, you know, the shiny object syndrome, like you mentioned, those are the ones that are going to, to not make it. So, yeah, absolutely. Ab-
1: absolutely. And I am. Um... You know, and I think there are a lot of experts out there who do have the formal, uh, um, more traditional uh, academic and professional background in whatever their disciplines are. And Mm -hmm. that works, like to your point, that works just as well. And I guess what I'm saying is people don't have to be concerned, like if they didn't follow the traditional path and they don't have, because I always thought, well, who's going to take me seriously in the, when I'm in front of these clients, like you know, why would they believe me? I'm, I can't even say that I had this formal XYZ in my background, but um, the fact but that it, you've done it is the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 So I, that, that, yeah. So there's a lot of space, but you definitely need to be authentic and it needs to be true. Um, yeah. Cause if you, if you have the, you technically have learned, maybe, um, maybe like, you know, learned in school or something like that, but you actually have no real world, real world experience you you really don't have
1: any idea of what you're doing um you know yeah, that's so true and i like uh it i think that um that experience helps you command the room if you will because mm-hmm. you know visible experts really i'm not saying they need to be you know obnoxious and loud and, and mm-hmm. in fact i don't know if there's any room for that no one likes that but they need yeah. to be able to command the room they need to be able to you know come to the table with some gravitas because after all that that communicates that you're the expert. That communicates mm-hmm. that you've got a handle on whatever domain, specialist your specialty, you're you're laying a, a claim around. So, yeah, um, that experience, I think, just you know, helps people have the confidence in doing that. I it, I feel like you're kind of around this one
0: piece that I want to talk about, and there are a lot of like experts out there that that will kind of preach. They 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 talk down to you like I am I am all knowing and you're welcome. I'm sharing my information. I <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it? it's, just, it's oh, yes. just I cannot stand these people. And then you have the ones that are that are a little sloppy, a little messy around the edges, maybe they curse, whatever it is. Their videos are kind of, you know, they're splicing things together. But the information that they actually share is valuable. You're like, wow, that was a very interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. Whereas these other people that are kind of like very structured and they're like, I am preaching and it's all of this. And I don't find value from those people. I unfollow those people because I'm like, "Mm, maybe you are an expert, but you know, you're trying too hard. You're pushing too hard. You're trying to make me like you. And I just don't. Um, I mean, maybe that, maybe they do resonate with some people, but my feeling is if you're just like really authentic and you're talking to your best friend, you're not going to have this kind of like, I am better than you attitude. What is your
1: take on that kind of? Totally. In fact, uh, you know, one of the attributes of a true visible expert is that they have a talent for being able to explain something very complex in a simple manner. That Mm. is difficult to do because think about, uh, when, you know, like you're writing an article, it's almost easier to over explain and end up with like, you know, 2000 words than it is to say something very simply and straightforward in a condensed manner. And like the world today has a very short attention span, all of us, Mm -hmm. like I'm guilty of it as well. And so we need, we're craving wisdom authenticity and digestibility. Mm-hmm. And so a true visible expert will be able to, in a quick, condensed, concise manner, explain the complex in a simple way. So the people who can't do that, I feel they those are the posers. Those are the ones yes. who have to use platitudes and acronyms and yeah. jargon and like everything else so they can talk over people to yeah. compensate for what they don't know. Yeah. I love that. Cause it kind of going back to your kind of your communication
0: aspect of it. And there's a, there's yeah. this element and, and um sometimes it just isn't a good fit. Even if you are an expert, it's just like awkward. And I think that if you want to get to that, po- that point where you're very comfortable and, and I agree, I love that you kind of said keeping things in simple terms. There's one thing that I'm like very, very good at. It's like, oh my God, I'm like the when I write like when I had to like when I i remember in college I was in a writing intensive class and like oh I had to do like 10 pages and I'm like sweating yeah. I was like no <laughs> I can tell you exactly what I need and I, I need one page you know I mean just being verbose for just to say words I can't stand it um yeah I'm always to the point just to and I and I love that, that that's that's a good thing. I'm like, yay. <laughs> I always thought it was a good thing, but I never really thought about it that way. Um I think that's such a that's yeah. a really interesting point because the people that do drone on and on, yeah, they do talk in jargon. They don't have good stories. They don't have like relevant stories, they don't have things they can bring in, they're kind of not that interesting. Um so I think that kind of what we're saying is, you know, be authentic, bring in those stories be succinct and it should all work its way out. If you actually are an expert.
1: It, it will. And when you have done your homework and studied your audience, you know, and that can have a lot of different dimensions and aspects too, but when you know your audience and you know what they care about, you know, what keeps them up at night, they woke up at 4 33 AM. They cannot go back to sleep. What was it? How are they defining it? And Mm -hmm. do you have something different to offer when they're seeking a solution, then that's the other aspect that, you know, you have to do. And then all those other things that you just mentioned will um, only augment your, you know, your path forward to visibility. Yeah, I really like that. Um, so what like, I always kind of like to, to give
0: people like three like tangible tips, like we've given so many tips, but like what, yeah. like three
1: tangible things can people do to become a visible expert? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's funny you ask that question right now. Cause the thing that we were just talking about, um, it's all well and good to feel passionate about something, but it being a visible expert is less about you and more about the audience you seek to serve, whoever that audience might be. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the, that's the first tip I would say is do a, uh, do like a balance check and make sure that the thing you aspire to be visible around is actually relevant to your audience. Mm. Um, the second tip I uh, would offer is to be honest. Uh, speaking of authenticity, be honest about your skill sets because to be a visible expert, you kind of have to think about uh, the three pillars of Expertise or a visibility, and that's speaking, publishing, and networking. And if you're not good at one of those, you may need to arm yourself with some support, and that can be from a you know an agency to a freelancer. There's tons of very talented people out there who can help, and it does not have to be. It doesn't have to break your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so arm yourself with support, and be honest about your. Uh, your skills and talent gaps. Um, And I think the third, and this gets to where I see most um, experts and firms fail, is measure, track, rinse, repeat. (laughs) Measure, track, rinse, repeat. You should be constantly measuring the performance that your visibility is bringing you. Are you bringing in more business? Is your pipeline getting stronger? Are you able to be more selective with the types of clients you're bringing on? Is your sales cycle shortening? Um, and even just hard impact, like are you bringing in more revenue? Are your billable rates higher? If you need to constantly measure and, uh, Be aware of those performance metrics and keep doing it so you know, hey, this needs to be course corrected over here. This thing is no longer working. Hey, the marketplace has really shifted, so I might need to also. Without metrics, you are never going to know. And you could go into a tailspin of putting money down the toilet, time and resources. You feel defeated at the end of the day because you're not getting anywhere. Without that tracking, you're not going to know. I don't know why people, um, leave that out of the equation so often. It's really not that hard, but it is to me, it's like the essential. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when you're talking about tracking, what are your thoughts? I mean, how important do you think tracking the content and, you know, gu- cause you Google analytics, the analytics on a social media channel, um, what yeah. are your thoughts on, on that kind of tracking? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of free tools out there that you can use to track. And I guess depending on what you're doing and depending on how quickly you need to get from here to there, that's in large part going to dictate what you track. But mm-hmm. yes, you should be tracking uh, So the different types of content, how is it performing? And, and I think a lot of people think in terms of like, did this give me a direct lead? Did this give me a direct sale? Did this give me a direct client? It's not always like that. Mm-hmm. I like to, uh, counsel our clients into thinking about tracking in terms of different buckets. So one is visibility is my visibility increasing. And you can look at that, like you mentioned, social media. So am I getting more followers? Like you have a podcast is, which I think is great by the way, because I listened to past episodes and Thank you. you know, is, the, is the podcast membership growing? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you have an email list, is my email list growing? So, um, am I getting invited to, um, you know, speaking opportunities and so on. Another bucket is expertise, receptivity of your expertise. Is that growing? So I just mentioned speaking, like if you get, uh, if you get asked for speaking gigs, are they increasingly better quality? Mm -hmm. That's an indicator that your expertise is being received in a greater manner. Mm -hmm. There's lots of other examples. And then finally... Um, just impact metrics. So I kind of mentioned some before, like, am I more profitable? <laughs> is my revenue growing? Mm-hmm. Um, what's happening to my financials and my balance sheet and what's happening to my pipeline? The mix of those, I think, is really what you should track more than just, let's look at leads, website traffic, and revenue. Like, that is really yeah. doesn't tell much of the story. Right. And and the, uh, the other
0: thing that I, I want to your are your impact uh your input on so you have all these metrics but there is isn't there there's a lead there's a, a time to get to where you want to be where you can actually see so maybe doing it three months you know usually just leave the foundation you're not you're not seeing the roi just yet i mean so what's your thought about the compounding effect how long will it take someone yeah. to actually see this, these rois and and more leads and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah, that, I, that's an awesome question because I wish everybody would ask that actually when they embark on this journey because I think they think, oh, it's been a month, it's crickets, what's going on? This doesn't work. Not the case. It can take a good year or more before you really become known in your space as an expert and and cultivate that visibility. How... How long it takes and to uh, see certain results really depends on the marketplace. How crowded is it? What type of competitors? Are, are they really, really well-known? And you're like, you've got a really tough hill to climb. Or is this like a new and open space? And mm-hmm. maybe you're kind of a contrarian type of persona. And so it's like open field. And yeah, you, know, you take half the time. So you have to think about the competitive landscape. And you have to think about what you're willing to invest. So I always tell people like, it's okay to go slow. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you, if you, uh, put like one article a month or every other month or do like a podcast every six months, or, you know, like, that's great. You're learning the habits, but it's going to take a long time because part of the strategy here is not just putting out valuable, informative type of content, but it has to be done consistently because if someone sees you and catches wind of it and they like it, and then they don't see anything from you for another couple months, they've, they are like, say <laughs> out of mind. Yeah. <laughs> so That's why consistency is so, so important. And the more uh, consistent you are, the faster you're going to see results. Mm-hmm. If that kind of makes sense. No,
0: I mean, I think, one, I think that people can definitely be kind of scared off by, because you said it could take up to a year. I think a lot of people are scared if they go and they're like, well, I'm I'm investing. Why don't you have like magic? Yeah. Can, you, can we talk about, can we talk about that? Like, well, you're obviously not good because it should be magic. You should just be able to make me this thing in three months.
1: Can you talk yeah. about that? <laughs> yeah. So Uh, we have been spending so much time talking about authenticity and there is no, um, get rich quick scheme when it comes to visible expertise, because in order to be considered in order to be a credible expert, you have to have that authenticity. You have to have the background. You have to have the consistency Uh, you're competing in a crowded marketplace. So if you're looking for a get rich quick scheme, then like, you know, Bob's, nephew in the basement can build you like a website with shiny rocks yeah. and it might get you something, but that's not sustainable. So we're not talking, um, about anything that's going to happen overnight. Like it can, like in the universe, anything can happen, but I mean, that's not what this is about. This I is about that. You said, get rich, yes. quick scheme. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not
0: because that. That's, because that's kind of what people sometimes can think about. Um, I actually spoke to, uh, I was talking to one of our clients, and um, he was saying that someone on his team quit. Like, he's like 23 years old, and he basically um, just sees stuff on Instagram about all these like people like flying across the world and doing fancy things and flying on private jets. And he's like, I'm going to go move to Dubai and be rich like <laughs> these people. And he's like, <laughs> okay, have fun. I like, yeah, you can't like all these, like there's so many fakes and and these get rich quick schemes and MLMs yeah. and all these things, but those aren't authentic. Oh. Those aren't, that, that's not sustainable. It's not real. And yeah, you won't be a visible yeah. expert. You won't have a great, great, uh, personal brand and be authentic if you're kind of, after going after that shiny, that, you know, the shiny object syndrome or the get rich quick scheme. It's just, it's not a good fit.
1: You know, and like everybody has their own drum to beat to, I guess, whatever that phrase is. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, for some people, they might, um, they might be enticed by something that can happen quickly and they like the energy of that or whatever. And all they, all I would say to them is, you just have to temper your expectations on what that's going to yield because mm-hmm. it might be great for a month or a year um or whatever but it's what we're talking about here is a sustainable path forward one that has longevity and one that has predictability like this other path has zero predictability and that's yes. fine for some people at certain stations of their life but we're talking about something totally different here and yeah. and so it's just a, like an important Aspect to think about mm-hmm. um, when you're thinking about what's right for you, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. That, that is, is a very important thing because people are like, oh, I want to be famous on TikTok. I want to do all these things or whatever. <laughs> yes. And you're just like, that's, yeah, it's not what we're talking about here. So I love that. Yeah. Well, so Liz, where can people
1: connect with you if they want to learn more? Well, um, I am on LinkedIn at Eliz Har. Uh, and I am also, uh, on my website, hingemarketing.com. People can, uh, access my email and other ways to connect with me there. So I would say those are the two best ways. Awesome.
0: Oh, Liz, it was so great to talk to you and, uh, definitely a fun conversation. And I think there are a lot of nuggets for people to, uh, to, to grab from this. So thank you so much for being here.
1: I I hope it was helpful. I love sharing this stuff and it was really fun to meet you and talk with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for, for
0: watching and listening and I will see you in the next
1: episode. Bye.